When it comes to D.C., there's a lot on the plate for farm country. I recently had a chance to sit down with Ethan Lane, Vice President of Government Affairs for the National Cattlemen's Beef Association, to talk about the biggest issues in the nation's capital. The, the election that we just came through is going to be a really interesting sort of uh, shift in how people are looking at that farm bill. We talked to a lot of candidates this cycle that are coming into this process uh, with kind of a dim view of large federal spending programs like this. Um, a lot of Republicans, newly elected Republicans from farm states, farm districts um, that, that really are coming in sort of thinking that they're going to be opposing any kind of farm bill. They don't want to spend a trillion dollars on farm policy. They don't like the nutrition footprint. So we're going to have a big job educating these new members of Congress um, about the importance of the farm bill, about the value of the conservation programs and the risk management tools and the drought and disaster assistance and how critical those programs are for our producers across the country, particularly given the conditions that we're seeing on the ground, right, in different parts of the country. That's going to be the, the biggest part of this is really helping them understand the importance of it in an inflationary environment where everything that was in that last farm bill cost about 20% more than it did then, and that $800 billion farm bill is now a trillion-dollar farm bill. Can you talk to my listeners, maybe the listeners who are not part of the uh, agriculture world, about why the farm bill is so important to cattle producers? Because you hear a lot of people saying, wow, this price tag is way too high. I don't want to do X, Y, Z. But it is vital for the cattle industry. It, it is. The cattle industry approaches the farm bill and engages with that process differently than the rest of agriculture. We don't have a lot of the same subsidy programs that other parts of agriculture do. So our engagement looks a little bit different. You know, those 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 uh, conservation tools, programs like Equip that we know our producers like and that have evolved to a point where they're really usable for them, that's really our our main focus in the farm bill. We also do a lot of work in that space on uh, on disease, right? FMD outbreaks would be a massive problem for the U.S. cattle industry. So working on that vaccine bank that was established in the last farm bill, ensuring that you have funding in place to keep building that out is critically important for the U.S. cattle industry and really all the way to the consumer side, right, to make sure we have that, that food security that we need uh, to keep the, the grocery stores full. I mean, that was something that during COVID, when we saw those supply chain crises, we were really proud of the fact that for all of those problems, there was always meat available at the grocery store. That doesn't happen by accident. That's a highly, you know, highly uh, competitive and highly uh, efficient supply chain. The Farm Bill creates the programs that our producers use to make sure they stay viable through those challenges. And it is really important that we continue that funding and continue looking at how to make those programs work better for producers. Talk to me about inputs and how much that impacted beef producers. I mean, whether it was veterinary issues or just feed. There was a lot of input challenges over the last 12 months. There, there, there have been and continue to be real challenges from input costs. And the best way to think about it is during the depths of COVID, our producers were making very little money on their cattle. Right, Prices were extremely depressed because there were so many cattle available and a constricted processing capacity footprint. And we saw that play out, right? Huge margins for the packers, big losses for our producers. As the herd contracts naturally right now, those prices have gone up. And our producers are now at six, seven-year highs on cattle prices. But instead of them being profitable because of that, those input costs have taken all of that back out. And they're barely breaking even, even though they're at seven-year highs, because everything they're using to raise those animals is costing them more. Feed, fertilizer, fuel, you name it, it's costing them more money. That's a massive impact to our producers across the country. Something else I know a lot of producers across the Northwest will be watching are water issues in D.C. Um, 
talk to us about WOTUS and the you know the potential that that just continues to boomerang around. Well, you know, it, it, the bright spot, if there is one, in the never-ending WOTUS conversation is that the Supreme Court is is reviewing that Sackett case right now. They, they are going to have some sort of an opinion on how far the EPA can go in exerting authority over uh, both bodies of water and, you know, for those of us in the West, you know, areas that might carry water during a big storm. And I'm from Arizona. I mean, the entire state could be a WOTUS, depending on how you write that definition, and that's true for a lot of the West. So as we watch the administration move forward with their new rulemaking, which we expect kind of at any time now, um, we know it's not going to be something agriculture or the cattle industry is going to like very much. We also are expecting the Supreme Court to weigh in, you know, sort of right over the top of that and say, well, maybe maybe that's further than you can really go in, in implementing this rule. So at the very least, I would expect that once the Supreme Court rules, EPA is going to have to take a step back and reevaluate that rule. Uh, they don't seem too concerned about that. They kind of seem to be plowing ahead and putting their stake in the ground regardless. That's going to set up a really interesting dynamic. They're going to have some choices to make, I think, unless the Supreme Court surprises us all and, and comes back with a different ruling than we would expect. So, Ethan, we're watching water. We're watching the farm bill. What else are you watching? You know, people, I think, sometimes assume the cattle industry, because we're inherently conservative, really works with one side, that nothing could be further from the truth. We have a lot of really good relationships with Democrats across the country. We stress this a lot in Washington. It's critically important that you have R's and D's working together to get policy made in Washington that makes sense. If you have forces inside one party saying you will not make any deals with the other side of the aisle, that that's a challenge for everybody in Washington. Um, and it's, it's, a, it's a recipe for not getting anything done. Uh, so we're going to be really watching that dynamic play out. We're going to really be paying attention to whether or not Speaker McCarthy can negotiate a deal that gives him the authority to actually do his job. Um, and we're going to do a lot of education with those Freedom Caucus members to help them understand that there's maybe more to it than press releases and, and you know, throwing grenades. There's some lawmaking that needs to be done there, and a lot of times that means compromise. Can you talk to me? It seems like, I don't know if you want to blame the 24-7 news cycle, social media, but it does seem like the art of conversation is almost a disappearing art. How challenging is it to educate some people that come into D.C. saying, this is what I'm going to do come hell or high water? It's it's a, I mean it is a big challenge for us and and that is kind of we we've had really good conversations with some of those incoming members though they are very declarative about their positions coming in we've seen this before right the view from the campaign trail before you get to be a member of Congress is very different than the view when you sit in that seat and the weight of that responsibility falls on your shoulders and we've seen that in the past I've worked with new members of Congress that came in by God we're going to shake things up and we're going to do all this stuff then they get there and say wow this is a lot more complicated than I realized hopefully we're going to see that that process play out again with some of these new members we don't expect them to step away from their core principles but just understanding that it's a it's perhaps a bit more nuanced conversation than they expected coming in Once again, that was Ethan Lane, Vice President of Government Affairs at NCBA.